0: Welcome back, U.S. History fans, for part two of progressivism. So we left off talking about uh, a lot of reforms going on, and we were talking specifically right at the end of our last podcast about how businesses were taking advantage of the people and how we, um, the people kind of we're about to, to kind of fight back against these businesses it can't just be Teddy the trust buster Roosevelt to stop everything so the people started to band together and form these things called unions all right a union an organization of workers who band together to achieve common goals like wages hours and working conditions so for instance you go to a business all the workers say hey we're, being, we're not being treated fairly, so how about this? We're all going to work together, and we're going to say, you need to pay us $10 an hour. And then the business guy is going to be like, no, I don't want to do that. And they're like, fine, we're all going to go on this thing called a strike, which is a work stoppage caused by the mass refusal of employees to perform work. So basically, bottom line is, hey, if you don't do what we want, we're all going to go on strike. We're not going to work and you're gonna be really upset because no one's working inside of your business and you're not making any money. Now, this only works if there's not a ton of people that are gonna be able to replace you easily. So, some businesses this works better for than others. Now, there's this thing called a scab, or thing, or person, I should say, called a scab. Is the thing is the things that are fun to pick. Don't pick your scabs. It leads to scars. But anyhow, a scab they're basically a person who continues to work during a strike action by a union. So it's kind of like um, everyone else is like, well, I'm not going to work, and, you know, because I want to, we're going to work together to get more money. And this one person's like, whatever, I'm going to continue to work and make money because when you guys are on strike, you don't make money. This is sometimes also known as crossing the picket line. And some of, like, the big... Um, backlashes to these unions and strikes um, in history was one was in May 4th, 1886. May the 4th be with you. The Haymarket Square riot. And in Chicago, a group was trying to organize a strike for eight hour workdays. How dare they ask for only eight hour workdays? And so, oh, just obscene to think that people only want to work for eight hours. But yeah, uh, a large group of these workers had gathered to protest in the Haymarket Square. And when they got there, the police showed up as well and told the protesters to get out of here. And then a bomb went off uh, within the police. Um, Eight people died, wild gunfire erupted, and even more uh, people died, eight more. And about 100 people were injured, so... Uh, That was kind of a a setback to unionists and and strikes and so forth. Another one was the Bayview Tragedy, also known as the Bayview Massacre in 1886. About 14,000 workers were protesting in uh, in Milwaukee for eight-hour workdays. How dare they? And they were met by around 250 National Guardsmen who had orders to shoot to kill anyone who tried to enter the mill. The crowd, which contained mostly women and children, approached the mill. And they were fired upon. Seven died, including a 13-year-old boy. So, uh, finally, the law kind of caught up to some of this a little too late, if you ask me, 1938, considering we were talking about the late 1880s there. But anyhow, by by 1938, um, the Fair Labor Standards Act, also known as the Federal Wage and Hour Law, was passed, which set the work week at 44 hours a week. Modern day, it's around 40 hours, or it is 40 hours, I should say. Minimum wage was set at a whopping 25 cents an hour. And if you were 16 years or older... uh, You could work in non-hazardous occupations. Uh, If you wanted to work in hazardous occupations slash industries, you had to be at least 18 years old. And if you were uh, 14 and 15, you could work, but it had to be non-manufacturing, non-mining, and non-hazardous occupations, and it could only be done outside of school hours. So yay, Horace Mann and Henry Bernard with that whole education stuff. Okay. Um, Now, kind of building off of this, you know, child labor, you know, young kids working and stuff. Um, One of the names that kind of floats to the top is this Louis Hine who dedicated his life to ending child labor. Uh, He was a photographer who documented child labor um, and basically brought awareness to what was going on so people would understand how bad it was and hopefully it wouldn't happen anymore. All right. And there's two more areas that we are going to be talking about reform with before we bring this podcast to a close, and that one one of them is prison, and the other one is going to be the environment. So let's talk about prison first. Up until the early 1800s, corporal or physical punishment and fines were the most common way of punishing criminals. Reformers said, no, 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 criminals could be reformed and returned as productive members of society. And... They wanted to make rehabilitation centers or institutions, and these were called penitentiaries. And so the idea was, don't just lock someone up and throw away the key or anything like that. Let's try to make them into better citizens. Give them education, uh, teach them how to do jobs and so forth. And these prisons and stuff that I'm talking about didn't just apply to adults but also juveniles because up until the early 1800s juvenile delinquents orphans and poor children were treated just the same as adult criminals during the 1820s reformers started establishing separate facilities for juveniles like they had you know juvie or juvenile hall and then they had prison they were separate locations starting in the 1820s but before that they weren't separate and they sought to change their behavior through education rather than through punishment alone. Doesn't mean they still didn't get punishment. Just not just punishment. Uh, they had to attend classes. They learned useful skills and lived in a disciplined environment. And speaking of environment. Oh, segue. Um <laughs> We saw conservationists. And a conservationist is one that practices or advocates conservation or preservation, especially of natural resources. And remember that guy we talked about earlier, Teddy Roosevelt? Well, he's back. Teddy Roosevelt was the first American president to consider the long-term needs for efficient conservation of national resources. Um... Bottom line, Teddy Roosevelt was an outdoorsy man, and he was like, You know, we got to make sure that the outdoors stays awesome. So, we want to make sure um, that things are okay for future generations. So, he created the first national bird preserve. Uh, He made the American Bison Society in 1905 because we kind of had this habit of killing like all the buffaloes. So, Couple other things about him. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt urged Congress to establish the United States Forest Service to basically manage government forest lands. He set aside more land for national parks and nature preserves than all of the previous presidents before him combined. This was around 194 million acres worth of land that was like, nope, this is a national park, this is a preserve, hands off, people. And by 1909, his administration had created an unprecedented 42 million acres of national forest, 53 national wildlife refuges, and 18 areas of special interest. One of those was the Grand Canyon, or is the Grand Canyon. And finally, he also had this thing called the Antiquities Act, and this basically allowed him to create national monuments without approval from Congress. And this act had provisions to keep historical structures safe as well. So if like there was something in America, let's keep it around. Let's not bulldoze it and make a parking lot instead. So, anyhow, that's a lot of the reform that was going on in America during this time. This is a very wide range, and you can say there's still reform going on within America always. There's a lot of progress or progressivism going on. So, anyhow, um, change. It's no longer just coins. (laughs) Have a great day.